0: and gentlemen welcome in it is hoopsville it's our 21st season we are on the air and more than thrilled to be here welcome in everybody hope you uh had a great off season i'm your host dave McHugh. we are in our 21st season with this debut a little hard to believe taking a note out of mr Pac, uh bob bob Coleman. bob Coleman's page asking the question are we legal are we believe it or not the show that started back in uh 2000 2001 yes for you doing the quick math it does not equal 21 there were a few years off early on but the show that started all the way back then is still going along and i was thinking as we're a little late getting on the air for the 23 24 season i was thinking to myself you know geez Maybe this show is taking the, the best of me, and I, I got nothing left, and will we really be able to do it? You know, it was a, it was a bit of a rough off-season, uh, to say the least. Last year wasn't a piece of cake either, but I was excited in the 30 minutes leading up to this show today. I had a little bit of, uh, not anxiety, but uh, anxiousness and excitement, and I was like, all right, no, I've still got it me. So, welcome in. Hope you are going to enjoy another great season ahead of Division Three basketball. Again, I am your host, Dave McHugh, and we are all over the uh, spectrum, as it were, in terms of social media, and we will do our best to try and stay up with all of it. You can find us on Twitter, or, or now known as X, uh, of course, always at d 3 Hoopso. Find us on Instagram at d 3 Hoopso, and you can find us on threads at d 3 Hoopso. You can also find us on Mastodon, but I don't know the ins and outs of that all that well. We are there, but I'm, I'm just saying we're there. We'll figure it out. I had hoped to spend some of this off-season getting into Discord a bit more. That is our goal, hopefully by you know a good point of this season. We maybe are diving and putting our toes or whatever into the water of Discord. That's what we hope down the road. Um, of course, there's always Email. Hoopsill at D3Sports.com. That's Hoopsill at D3Sports.com. You can find us on Facebook as well. It's Facebook.com slash where We're all simulcasting the show once again tonight. We're also simulcasting on YouTube, YouTube.com slash D3 Hoopsill. So those are are the uh, options. If you're watching us on the screen, it's all right here in a nice little... Oh, there we go. i, I got to figure this all out. Nice little box here. See, I'm not, I was not a meteorologist, so I don't know the... Backwards stuff, but it's it's all right down there. Of course, you can always watch us on the big screen or on a tablet or something via the Team One Sports app on Android TV, Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and Roku. I want to thank our friends at uh, Huddle and Blue Frame Technology for that. I should point out, though, our relationships and our partnerships for this year have not all been inked up just as of yet. Uh, again, it was a bit of a rough off-season. We'll talk about that a little bit later in the program. Uh I expected to get a lot more done in the off season and we got very little done. It's amazing this place even looks clean. You should have seen what it looked like a few days ago. Thanks to my wife for uh, some help and our puppy Tucker, who just hung out and and gave me some moral support as I worked on it. Lots to talk about. Uh, I was hoping to maybe dive and do a podcast in the off season. So we didn't have as much to talk about in the opening show. We also hope to be on the opening show uh, ahead of the season, or at least when the season started on November 8th. And here we are on a Tuesday edition on the 14th. It is what it is, but we're just glad to be here nonetheless. Um, First and foremost, we'll we'll mention this. Um, we will hopefully be on the air for the most part, like we have traditionally done in the past, on Mondays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live. There will be a few occasions where we're going to have to do an afternoon show instead. However, in the next few weeks, just due to other commitments that I have to 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 do myself in terms of work and some other uh, obligations. We're going to be doing just a, a one week, uh, one show a week format, anywhere from two to three hours that show, until we get to uh, just after the first weekend of December. Then we can go into our two week, uh, our two a show a week um, uh, plan until Christmas, and then obviously when we come back from the holidays, we'll be on our, our normal self. So we'll be on the air again today, tonight, whatever you want to do. If you're listening to the podcast, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back on the air then on Monday prior to Thanksgiving already have some uh, guests scheduled for that. We'll then be on the air the Monday following Thanksgiving. Debated about doing a show that Thursday, but I will be at soccer championships once again. Looking forward to being on the call for the men's soccer championships. Wish I could be doing women's soccer. I had a lot of fun calling women's soccer games this year. I've called about 35 games this year, believe it or not. Um, and all in a span of about two months. Um So we're not going to be able to do a show unless I can somehow pull off something down in Salem. But to be honest, my own sanity, I think we'll skip that. So the Monday after the first Sunday of um, or the first weekend of December, we will then get into our two a week. That'll give us a handful of weeks, two or three, where we can get uh, two shows done before the holidays, maybe about five, maybe six shows uh, after that point. And then when we come back in January, we'll be our normal self. So just bear with us as we work through some things. You might remember a couple years ago, I was in California at this point, and we barely got some shows due to my workload out in California. So November has always been a wonky uh, time of year. Um, To be honest with you, uh, some of the ideas that we have for sponsorships and advertising and all of that, which, again, we'll talk at at the end of the show. If we could put those in place, some of these other things that I have to work wouldn't wouldn't be as big a deal, if if you know what I mean. But we're glad just to be on the air, 21st year. Uh, I missed out on the on the Qcast uh, a month ago where they were talking way too early in my opinion about the top 25. But I did partake. Bob, thanks for the shout out. Certainly appreciate it. I was not like Poppers who was providing my picks. I'll be honest. October 10th or whatever day that was, no chance in fill in the blank, that I was going to have a top 25 idea other than a handful of teams. Pretty darn difficult top 25. We'll talk more about that. We hope to have our top 25 panel on the show in the next few. Not tonight, maybe not next week. I'm looking at the Monday after Thanksgiving because I think that will give us a good chance, A, after a few weeks of, of results and the preseason poll that have percolated, also a chance to get our first reactions to a new in-season poll that could change I might get one of those panels on the show next week if, if things allow but we'll, we'll get we'll get down to the road later on that um, but again we hope to rotate the the panels on the show talk to both uh, everybody about that I've even thought and again this gets we'll talk about it later in the show about sponsorships and advertising maybe even doing a spin-off and doing a top 25 only show uh, that'd be a third show a week. Um, But these are the grand ideas I had. The offseason was a bit tough. We'll talk about it, as I said, later. A lot of news to get to. We'll get to what the season has been already, but I really wanted to talk about some of the news um, that caught my attention, mainly in the coaching ranks this offseason. There were a lot of coaching changes, not surprisingly, but there were some big ones. The men's, in no particular order, I'll start at Johns Hopkins in Keene State. Uh, Josh Leffler leaving the Blue Jays and going to Cincinnati, which surprised me a little bit. I honestly thought uh, Leffler had decided that Division Three was his calling, and this is where he was comfortable and where he was going to be successful. Things were certainly going well at Johns Hopkins. Um, but I do know how much he's now making at Cincinnati, and that is a hard job to turn down. He's not the head coach. Um, but he, I believe he's basically the, the head of the assistants uh, or something along those lines. I'm, I I'm I may have that a little bit wrong, um, but you you can't turn down that kind of money. I totally understand that for him. The interesting result, it was a fascinating um, job search. I, I had my ears on it, but I decided not to really dive into it again. Uh, it was a bit of a distracting and busy offseason. Ryan Kane, the head coach at Keene State, ended up being the pick for the Blue Jays. Uh, you would think you would have had enough with Swarthmore over the years in the playoffs that you wouldn't want to come in and have to play Swarthmore twice, but guess what? <laughs> here comes Ryan Kane. So that opened up the Keene State job. His intern has taken over, David Hastings, on an interim level at Keene State. So that was a pretty big surprise. We'll be talking to Ryan here in the near future, I assure you. Um, we'll see what happens with the Blue Jays. It's a different style, different Look, I'm not sure what to make. What I found surprising, this is no knock at Ryan in any way, shape, or form. But this is two jobs now in a row that have opened up at Hopkins, and a former Hopkins player uh, has not gotten the job. Just down the road is an assistant coach at Towson. You you might know who we're talking about. He's been in the running twice now and not gotten the gig. He's been a I don't you know what I don't know if he was he was not a finalist actually. The first time around when Leffler got the job but Pat O'Connell uh, was a finalist according to reports this time around some of those reports I think were a little bit bogus I think the I think the Johns Hopkins athletics director might have been uh, throwing around some uh, information to try and flush out some of the um, um, rumor mill people which is one of the reasons I didn't jump into the News gather on that. I knew a couple of the bits I'd been getting was were inaccurate. Um, but anyway, Pat did not get the gig, but Ryan Kane did. We'll be fascinating to see how he did that. Wisconsin Whitewater, Pat Miller. Pat Miller retired. That surprised many. Talked to Pat quite a bit in the offseason. We'll maybe talk to him down the road. Uh, his, uh, I believe his assistant, Jared uh, Wisher, took over the program as an interim. But Pat Miller stepping aside from a program that got darn close to another national championship getting all the way to the semi-finals last year after uh, uh, an incredible run through Randolph-Macon they didn't play Randolph-Macon but, but through that pod uh, I was a little surprised that Pat step aside but I certainly understood it now uh, we had I had a great conversation with Pat in the off season speaking of Wisconsin um Bob Semling finally stepped aside at Wisconsin Stevens Point I say finally because I I thought this was in the works for a few years, just in the sense that I I didn't think the, the pointers were doing as well after the uh, sanctions and the punishments and whatnot that came down for their practice situation a handful of years ago. Um, and so I wasn't surprised that Semling stepped aside maybe a year or two later than I thought he would have, but it is what it is. Somewhat surprised that Kent Dernbach took over, um, only because he was doing so well at lacrosse. So I thought that's where he would stay to try and take it to the next level. But I guess Kent decided to go back to where he was an assistant under Semling before getting the lacrosse job. He was the assistant when everything hit the fan as well. Dernbach takes over at Stevens Point. Really going to be interested to see how he turns things there. Fascinating to see how many of those pieces he may have brought with him from lacrosse are able to fit in at Stevens Point as well. Uh, Texas-Dallas, Terry Butterfield retiring. wasn't totally surprised by that. I have a feeling he didn't want to dive into Division Two but it is what it is. Uh, Terry Butterfield stepping aside. Uh, I say Division II. I think I got my Dallass wrong again there. Uh, Cortland's Tom Spanbauer retired. That did catch me by surprise because we had just seen him a week or so before the announcement at the Final Four. It was the first time he had get, been to the Division Three Final Four. He talked all about how he, he, he had wished he had come to these sooner, how he had missed out, et cetera, et cetera, and this was the best thing ever. And then he retires. Um, really surprised me. That Spanbauer stepped aside, but he did. Rowan's Joe Crispin, another guy kind of like Josh Leffler that I thought maybe had bit, bought into the D3 mentality and decided this is where I want to be. He departed. He's joined the Penn State crew. If you look, though, at that Penn State coach and coaching staff, etc., of course, Crispin, an alum of Penn State, it makes sense. I, I'm not saying that I was surprised where they ended up. I totally understand why Crispin ended up at Penn State. I just... You know, I, I drink the Kool-Aid a little bit about Division Three. I want these good coaches to stick around. When they move up a, uh, up a level, I, you know, I'm a little hurt. Uh, but it's a, it's, it's a selfish thing. It's, it's not because it not make sense for Joe Crispin, of course. Um, interesting developments. Of course, we had the news about Cabrini. We can talk about that. We'll talk a lot about that in, in the weeks ahead because uh, with the men's side of things at Cabrini, uh, they hired Ryan Van Zelst, the Penn State Abington head coach, and Ryan, unfortunately, finds out weeks after being hired that Cabrini is going to be bought out by Villanova. This is the last year of athletics at Cabrini. As a result, women will not be playing this year. They lost their women's coach. Uh, she left for, I just drew a plank where she went, um, I think it was Rowan, actually, uh, in women's basketball, if, if memory says, Yeah, Demetrius Poles left, and that's where she ended up. Um and they just shut down the season in women's basketball. And men's basketball going to gut it out under Ryan Venzels. So I love Ryan. I think he's a great coach. But he's definitely getting the raw end of that deal after leaving Penn State Abington. Um, we'll see where Ryan ends up. Uh, I, I, yeah, it's one of those we're going to be diving into, I promise you, in the in the next few weeks. Uh, Linfield uh, Rosenberg left. We talked about that near the end of last season under some really interesting circumstances. I think a lawsuit is still... Uh, ongoing in that case Concordia Chicago Steve Koehler, uh, Kohler left um, if Steve's listening um, I will be in touch with you but um, he left under you know that was the middle of the season type stuff that really got interesting uh, if you read the news reports it settled down a little bit but of course they had to replace him Paul Combe uh, left Carroll Mike Miller Sr. retired from Alvernia Jr. took over uh, Dan Priest departed from Kenyon uh, interestingly enough, at Centenary, New Jersey, last year we were talking about midseason about uh, Dirk Kelly taking over the program and being named the interim, by the way, in March. corner reports, he's already gone. Um, not sure what's going on at Centenary, though that's a school um, that might be on on many people's short lists of a school that may not be able to survive the pending um, closures and such. And then my alma mater, um, I was a little surprised let go of Tom Rose, only because I thought there would be more talk about him having last, uh, you know, one more season to try and uh, get the program in the right direction. I kept seeing signs that Goucher was starting to take steps in the right direction, a little sign here and a sign there, and I, th- I was certainly hopeful. It just didn't pan out yet again. Justin Klingman, the associate head coach at Catholic, former player at Scranton. You might remember the last name Klingman might sound familiar to you, not only because of him, his mother was part of that Scranton uh, program, took over on the interim level, did really well, did not get the head coaching job. That became a whole fiasco that ended up with Trevor Woodruff at the head coach and Nate uh, Davis at Gettysburg, even though Scranton wanted Nate Davis after Klingman said, oh, it was crazy. He takes over as a head coach at Goucher. That one's going to be worth watching watching. For sure. On the women's side, long list. Judy Blinstrup retired from Babson. They hired Kate Banowski, the D1 assistant at Wisconsin. Uh, Birmingham Southern uh, lost Mike Ricks. Birmingham a Southern, another story we're going to be talking about in the next few weeks about whether they can keep the doors open. He took the job at Goucher after Goucher's head coach left after a year. Um, Brooklyn's Alex Lang departed. Carthage, of course, we talked about Tim Bonero. Um, being uh, fired from Carthage. We tweeted about that quite a bit, talked about it on the show. Central lost Justin Whelan. uh, Morin Loning got hired. Cortland, another Cortland departure. J.C. Brooks retired. She and Tom basically uh, retired at about the same time. They hired Colleen Ames, who came from Mount St. Mary's. George Fox, it didn't work out for Michael Coppolino at George Fox at all. Uh, After a big splash, uh, they had... Tailed off. He departed. George Fox. He's now the associate head coach at Navy. I'll actually get to see him in a few weeks' time. Uh, they hired Lauren Howard, Howard, a D1 Portland uh, assistant. Greensboro. This is interesting. Heather Lace. Uh, Heather Macy departed. They hired LaQuanda Dawkins Prince. Every hire they've made since their coach passed away due to cancer has not really had a connection to Division three, and I am not quite understand what's going on at Greensboro. We'll keep an eye on on what Dawkins Prince can do. Grove City, uh, Sh- uh, Shell Fuss departed. Uh, Hopkins, another one. Catherine Bixby left at the same time as Josh lefter. She also left for a, a Division one assistant job. This one at Loyola Maryland. They hired Rodney Rogan, who comes from Rhodes. Um, big move there. Laverne. We, I was talking to Jason Pruitt about improving Laverne's schedule, what they can do, maybe come to the D3Hoops.com Classic, and then suddenly we're getting news that he has been hired at Elmhurst as the new head coach there. That was a bit of a surprise. Though, if you know the background on that, there's a, t- a tie to Chicago, a lot of travel in that family. He is now back at least closer to other family moves there. Anthony Mason, the head coach at Vassar, took over at Laverne. Laura's just uh, Justin Heinzen, We we tweeted on this. I don't remember if we talked about it on the show. He left the program. He had finally had enough. Uh, he had lost his assistant. They basically didn't replace her. Uh, they were he was working on his own, um, doing three jobs essentially. He had had enough. And departed. Justin Bush, the men's assistant, took over that job. Of course, talk about Mark Moorfield. He came on the show to try and defend his case. Still um, one of those interviews I don't think he probably should have done. He He's obviously gone from Mary Harden-Baylor, so they have a new coach. Demetrius Poles, as we mentioned, gone from Rowan, and that freed up um, the, the job there. Uh, Salisbury's Kelly Baskow departed. UC Santa Cruz's Todd Kent departed and retired. We tweeted that off and out in the off season. Todd Kent retiring. Um, he's still, as I understand, it, I think he's still at the school with some jobs behind the scenes, but he's no longer a head coach there after doing an amazing job for the um, for the Banana Slugs. And Sydney Moss is back in Division Three. She was hired by Wilmington as the head coach. So those were all the big moves. And there were a lot of other moves out there. That wasn't the only one at all. Um, oh, Poles passed away at Rowan. Thank you, Chip. Oh, I totally forgot. Demetrius Poles, of course. Now, now it comes back to me flooding in. Uh, Demetrius Poles died. Uh, horrible story at Rowan. I totally forgot. Um, and that's just a, a low moment of mine here early on. This is what happens um, when you have that kind of offseason. You forget the little nuances. Um, uh, Demetrius Poles was a great guy. Uh, and I'm feeling horrible uh, that he died. By the way, speaking uh, of deaths, we lost another great SID. Um, the, the Sage SID, Ann, died of cancer. She's the third SID that I have known very well who's died of cancer in the last few years. We have uh, Wessler's uh, jersey up here at John Carroll. Very emotional, to say the least. But thank you, Chip, for reminding me of my boneheadedness there, uh, my hats, hearts and thoughts to uh, the coach, uh, to the Bowles family, of course, uh, for everything that they did. So there you go. That was just that was just the coaches uh, changing positions. You, you've got transfers still going on. We've got another year. We're in the penultimate year, the COVID waiver, essentially. So next year will basically be the last time we're going to see any COVID um, eligibility scenarios. But you've got still lots of transfers, uh, schools that um, stocked up. And listen, here's the deal. It doesn't always work. Big story we'll be talking about in the next few weeks. NYU, who's a really darn good basketball team on the women's side, and, and on the men's, but on the women's side, brought in two All-Americans from two different schools on a transfer um, and, and with the extra year of eligibility. It's, it's a dynamic that's still changing Division Three, but it, it doesn't necessarily always equate to wins. And I, I'll switch to soccer here for a moment. Last year, Johns Hopkins women with a bunch of transfers and players who had Division One experience who, who extended their playing experience, into, and of course going to Hopkins is no small feat, um, went all the way to a national title. The men's side of Johns Hopkins tried to pull off kind of the same thing, uh, a little bit done at Catholic as well, and neither team really had a season they expected this year. And uh, Johns Hopkins women, which looked like they were getting stronger despite uh, their first centennial conference loss uh, in years, uh, went and fell in the second round of Virginia Wesleyan. So these transfers coming in, and and Case Western Reserve is an example of that, John Carroll is an example of that, Um, and some other institutions will certainly talk about, Uh, Nichols I think is an example of that. Where they bring in these transfers from other places, North Park is a huge example of that. Um, great, you brought in, you know, these transfers. Can they gel and can they work? I think, honestly, I think it works more on the women's side than the men's. Uh, just from my perspective, I think the women can check that ego at the door more readily and easily than the men can. Um, but it doesn't always work for what you expect it to. So it'll be fascinating to see how it plays out again this year. And the top twenty fives are deeper than deep nowadays, and it's crazy. Um, voting in the top twenty five was bonkers nuts this off season. Um, didn't help that I had zero time. Uh, I certainly put my time in to research and do my work, but I, I would love to have had a a week week and a half to do that work. Um, it is it. There is a lot of good teams. In Division Three, on the men's and women's side, I am going to look forward to talking about how exciting that is this offseason season or this season. I think we're going to have some incredible conference races. I've already saw some incredible results. Muskegon basketball, fighting Muskies in men's basketball last year, one in twenty-four. They won one game in conference. It was against Wilmington, who we then beat them after that. They had a couple of tight games, believe it or not against some others including the top of the conference but you know one win and i saw nathan wall as they were getting ready to take on gettysburg in the opening game for both teams on friday i said hey what do you expect because what i noticed was they had a lot of underclassmen who didn't return a lot who got minutes and got points and got rebounds didn't return and you know at, at some point you look at that and go Whoo i mean not really that means you're starting over again. He goes, no, these this is my guys. These guys want to buy in. These are the guys who want to do what we want to do. This is this is going to be good. They knocked off Gettysburg in that first game. Gettysburg, a little streaky like they always are, but a pretty good team. They got some good pieces. Uh, I think they're battling for third in that conference again this season. Maybe they can do better, but Muskegon knocked them off the first game. Okay, you know, next game. Um... They were going to take on Washington and Lee. Uh, Chris McHugh, who I finally got a chance to see face to face. If you go to Twitter slash X, you'll see, a, uh, or Instagram, you'll see a picture, even Threads, I think we put it on. You'll see a picture of uh, Chris and I finally together, the two McHughes. Uh, no relation. Um, WNL knows that Muskegon knocked off Gettysburg. They're not going to take him lightly at all. No chance. Uh, WNL was up 11. Looked like this was going to be not a comfortable win, but, you know, a win to the generals. Muskegon came storming back. And that came down to the end. It was a close win for the Generals by by one possession. Muskegon's going to make what is an already very difficult OAC even more difficult. I'm not saying they're finishing in the top tier. I'm not even sure they make the playoffs for that conference. But when you already have two teams in the top five, in John Carroll and Mount Union, the preseason top five, plus you have Heidelberg and Marietta. Marietta, usually a Top 25 conversation, right? Those four, plus everybody else in that conference who's going to be competitive, and you've now gotten deeper in in the muskies, OAC is one of my top five conferences this year. Um, Who those top five are will be a source of conversation and debate for weeks and months to come. But the ODAC race is going to be fun. The OAC race is going to be fun. The YAC race is always fun. The CCIW will be fun to watch. Uh, I'm just naming conferences here: Skyac, the the Nescaq, the Numac, all races that will be bonkers. Suniac could be interesting. Speaking of another coach that left, I didn't even mention Brockport's men's basketball coach departing. Um, his, that program, it is. We talk about parity, and we talk about depth, and we talk about talent. Division three is deeper than ever on both the men's and women's side, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I got to take a break because we've already rambled here for 25 minutes and I feel like we've hit the tip of the iceberg, but well, we got guests up ahead of us coming up. We're going to talk to both preseason number one teams and defending national champs, the number one, Christopher Newport captains and John Krikorian team is off to a one and two start, believe it or not. We'll talk to him about that. And we'll talk to Transylvania women's basketball coach, Julie folks. Who won the title in Dallas is an off to an off to a 1 0 start this season. Then we'll switch to talking to a couple teams that have made waves, even though they're both in the top 10. Uh, number eight, Hamden Sydney, Caleb Kimbrough will join us. They knocked off Christopher Newport by more than 20 in the opening game of the season. And Rhode Island women's basketball coach Jenna Cosgrove will join us because her team knocked off Tufts by 20 plus in the opening game of the season. Some big moves in the first week and we'll talk to all of them coming up plus talk to you about what's ahead on Hoopsville answer your questions and all the same you're listening to Hoopsville presented by d3hoops.com we hope that you'll join us for the rest of this one whether live or on the podcast and for future shows when we come back the captains of Christopher Newport join us on the hotline the National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Cow. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
3: Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future.
4: Responsibility is being accountable for your words and actions, first and foremost. It also is an obligation to be a positive influence in the communities around you. Being in a D3 program, you're going to have lots of different opportunities. You're not just an athlete, you're also involved in student life. Your academics are extremely important. We give a lot of our student athletes responsibilities right from the start by giving them leadership opportunities, by having them engage in the community, being a positive influence. That's being a responsible person.
0: We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades, from Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. Football has taught me a lot. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. A couple tech glitches, as we always have. It's interesting how you set everything up; everything works, and then when you go to try and test it, it doesn't want to work. Um, it's I, I, I'm learning some of the inter intricacies of where things need to set up and everything facebook stream also now down because of that little hiccup so we're going to try and work on that in the meantime to get it back up and running but if you got questions for us tweet us or x us or post us whatever it's called at d3 hoops or on instagram we're there but we don't tend to respond to a lot of things on there we'll try and respond to things on threads um that is at d3 hoops as well um, and of course you can always join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoopsle. I'm going to try and work on getting that fixed up a little bit here and get another stream back out the door on that. Uh, You can also join us on, um, let's see, email hoopsle at d3sports.com. That's hoopsle at d3sports.com. We were hoping to talk to John Krikorian here coming up, but um, not on the line as of yet. If he pops on, we'll take him. So in the meantime, we'll take questions from you. And in the meantime, I will try and see if I can get another stream out the door here. Um, from uh, for Facebook while we talk about it. Uh, we were talking about some of the intricacies, by the way, a couple of rule changes. One of the things that you may have noticed already, I certainly have, is you're now allowed any number from double zero to 99 in basketball. It's one quirk I've found that I, I'd be fascinating to see if they can fix. Uh, and that is um, the the nuance of the numbers from the officials. Uh, the reason I say that is because um, I've noticed that it doesn't always work um, when you when they're they're showing both hands. So the other day I was calling a game at Division One, um, those and the officials went to signal a foul on number we thought fifty two. Of course, fifty two wasn't in the game. So it ended up being a bit of an easy, obvious answer to that. Um, it was seven. But this to everybody, now it's in reverse, looked like 52 and the entire table is confused. Something I know from lacrosse, and I also know from watching a show I love called The Deadliest Catch, if you take your hand and put it sideways, that means five plus whatever number you're showing. One, two, three, or four means six, seven, eight. Or nine, maybe that could be an option instead, and that would help all of us because you know then it would make more sense, as it were. But what do I know? I'm just the guy at the table. Anyway, something interesting with those new numbers out. uh, IBC. I'd I'd like to see the officials change that because that got a little confusing a little bit. Um, But it is interesting to see a six, a seven, and eight, and a nine. I saw that at Messiah. I didn't see it in the high numbers, just the single digits, but we're going to see a lot more numbers. It's going to be a little bit hard to adjust to. Uh, I mean, I'm old school. I like the numbers simple, but what do I know? I I don't make the rules uh, in college sports whatsoever. We did. We'd have a lot of different rules out there to talk about. Um, Jumping on the Hoopsville hotline is our friend, so we'll jump to this in a moment. We'll get right into it. John Krikorian's team marched its way to a national championship, thanks in part to some home court uh, love, And then when they got to the championship weekend, they took advantage of it. We certainly talked to him about that. The offseason has been fun. They didn't lose all that much, either did many others. But the season's off to a 1-2 and two start. Kind of curious what he makes of all that. So joining us on the Huddle Hoopsville Hotline is the head coach of the I4 and uh, captains of, of uh, Christopher Newport. John, John I, I hope you can hear me, and I hope uh, you, we can hear you. How are you, sir? No, and it froze on us. Because, you know, why would we let it work? The screen came up, and it immediately froze. Let me just play with something here real quick. John, I can see you. It's not on you. It's definitely on our, our NDI system that doesn't want to work properly. going to try this uh, one more time, see if it catches it properly while i've got him on the air yeah it's awkward folks it seems like no matter how much testing we do it doesn't like us and it wants to mess with us and as a result it screws around with us and we get a bad signal we're going to try it one more time see if that fixed it if not we're going to take a quick break and get john another way oh yeah no there's john i can see him moving oh john no it doesn't want to work we're going to take a quick break figure this out folks i it's the first show. Always a problem. Back with more after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're d3hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
3: Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present. Honor the past. Look to the future. We are calling you, all of you. We are calling all Division Three schools to join our cause.
2: It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.
0: National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. (sniffs) Let's just figure out all the things that went wrong already in the first show because it's tradition on the show for the first show to be crap, (laughs) technology-wise. I spend days prepping to do this stuff, and everything works, and then you go and change by only shutting down the computer and restarting, and nothing works. So we're going to go with this. I got John Krikorian on the line, so we're going straight to it because darn it, I'm wasting less time as I can. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, it is John Krikorian. John, uh, much like your season, um, I'm off to a rough start, too.
4: <laughs> this, might, this might have been a sign here, Dave.
0: Yeah, well, I'm trying to help. Hey, listen, first off, let's back up. Obviously, the championship was great. Uh, we talked about that. It was a big boom for the, for the school in the region, the women's team, she came close to doubling it up and making it two national championships for c n u the off season must have been amazing
4: it was it was dave uh you know we we had things like uh visit to the white House uh we spent an uh, afternoon at the governor's mansion with governor youngkin we had a, a parade here in, in newport news and and were recognized and uh with city council and stuff so i mean it is it was awesome. Uh, well-deserved for, for our guys. Um, uh, camp was exciting with all the kids, uh, that were excited to, to see our players. Um, so it was, it was, it was awesome.
0: At what point were, did you guys have to say, okay, listen, we need to pivot. We, we need to go start focusing on next year. Or how much did you want to try and enjoy what you guys got to experience?
4: Yeah, you know, I've <laughs> I've never been through that before. Uh, so I, I don't have a great answer um, other than, you know, I don't really mess with our guys too much in the summer anyway. Um, that's really their time. So the motivation is, is kind of on them to to decide what they want to do. And I thought they came back uh, this fall in, in the right mindset, uh, being able to practice a little bit earlier. I think it's been good for everybody thought our guys came in uh, hungry and ready to go. Uh, So, you know, and, and we brought in nine freshmen and they have really injected some energy uh, enthusiasm and and some talent at at some positions. So, you know, I I feel good about the group. Um, So, you know, but I have no idea, you know, what I've learned so far is that, you know, you go on the road against really good teams um, and the, even though the target has been on our back for quite some time, it, you know, it, maybe it's another level that that our opponent are gonna gonna play to. That both teams, Marietta and Hamden Stinney played, I thought, at an incredibly high level. Uh, not that we didn't play well, but we certainly didn't match
0: uh, theirs. So um, we're gonna have to do that. Talk to me a little bit about the team before we get into those games. I- I'm curious because when I looked at it as a top 25 voter, I thought to myself, you've got more coming back than I anticipated. And I know when you and I talked post-game of that championship and a little bit of offline, you kind of pointed at a couple guys going, well, he's actually not leaving and-, and he's actually not leaving. So give us a sense. Who did you lose and what were the keys that came back?
4: So we lost five players, um, and, you know, I I think that, you know, just every team is different, you know, and these things, you know, to win championships, any championship, never mind the national championship, takes so much just chemistry, work, effort, and all those things. And so, you know, you're going to point to Matt Brody, who was really uh, a glue guy for us, who defended the other team's best player, scored big baskets, stretched the defense with his three-point shooting uh, was a great leader. Um, so we lost Matt Rodney Graves, who would come in uh, as a transfer from a die, gave us huge minutes, played really well uh, in, in a couple of the the games uh, in the NCAA tournament uh, and, and really played pretty well all year. Uh, but then we, we had guys like Brandon Edmond, Tyler Trimble, and Nick Thomas, who didn't play as much, but you know they had been around for a long time and provided really, really good leadership. And, um, you know kind of helped us keep the group going in the right direction so uh those are the five guys we lost and then we brought in you know a, a slew of freshmen so Trey Barber John Hines Ty Henderson you know guys that had great years last year um you know they're returning a little banged up uh, but but they're here
0: yeah that's the thing you bring back you mentioned Trey, uh, Trey Barber uh Hines and Hines both Hines we should point out um and other guys from this unit. And that's why I was like, geez, this is a a bit of a scary unit. Did you guys have a different, um, weeks leading up? Like how did you treat what is now a new rule in division three, where you can spend more time prior to October 15th with the players? Did you guys change that up? How did that affect how you guys got ready for the season?
4: I thought it was great. Um, I'm really pleased that the NCAA did that. I think it's uh, really beneficial to the student athlete. You know, so we well, all we did pretty much was go three weeks earlier uh, and go two or three days. So, you know, I think it was two days, three days, two days, um, you know, leading up. So they were able to have a good practice, a day off, a good practice, a couple days off, a good practice. You know, it's so much better, you know, in my mind for their, their health uh, and kind of easing into the conditioning of, of what is going to be a very long season. So I thought it was good. Uh, you know, we were, we were healthy throughout all of that. And, you know, I thought we, we were kind of where we wanted to be challenge for us was with these freshmen, you know, we, we spent quite a bit of time teaching them and getting them ready because we're going to need some of them to contribute. Uh, you know, and so the balance of having older guys that you've been there, done it, they know what we're doing. Um, and you're teaching some younger guys the very basics, you know, it's it's a fine uh, balance. And, you know, I think we did okay. Certainly, at our results here, I think we could have done better.
0: You, you mentioned that there's a target on your back. Yeah, there's been a target on you guys for a while. But at the same time, you've always had a little bit of an underdog role. I think a lot of people for a number of years thought, yeah, as good as the captains are, they're not – in this conversation, or we think this team will beat them. Uh, Marietta will beat them or a Randolph-Macon will meet them. And so you guys have always seen me come from that underdog role that feels like this year, it's different. You are the expected one. Now, does that, has that affected how the team's mentality is? Yeah, I
4: don't know, you know, but you are right. I mean, in the unbelievable history that is Christopher Newport basketball, the very first time we were ranked number one was last December you know, that's pretty shocking actually um, with some of the success that we've had uh, before me and and during my time, you know, and we struggled to handle that last year. Immediately we lost two in a row after being ranked number one. So I felt that, that this year, um, you know, maybe we had learned, you know, what that was going to be and what it looked like. uh, And and I think we have to a certain degree. Um, But, you know, maybe we're still getting used to it. But I don't know. Uh, I know that we played some really tough ge- teams uh, on the road, so uh, I'm I'm not gonna overreact to
0: yeah,
4: you know, some tough losses against two teams that I think are are really terrific and and on a national level on the road
0: become uh, the uh, number one team in December, lose two in a row. You're the preseason number one, and you lose two out of three. I'm sensing a theme. Would you like to coordinate when you become the number one team, to, uh, looking at your schedule and how you want to rally the guys? Well,
4: our, our statement to the guys has been the same thing since the day I got into coaching. And, you know, I, I just – don't take this the wrong way. I think rankings are great uh, for the fans – i think they're a great way to for entertainment value um they, they provide a lot of competitive juice to the to the games but as a coach and your team you know our message every year is there's only one ranking that matters and that's the one that comes out at the end of the season after the last game and, uh, and john the that's first not what you time, told me number one
0: yeah you, that's not when you told me i many a conversation asking why you weren't ranked higher come on be honest i'm kidding yeah right I'm totally kidding Let's talk let's talk about the season though at this point. You played three games and this is no slouch of a schedule. Now I know because of the setup with a C to C, you've got to go out there and schedule. You've got to go find and you've never shied away. Hamden Sydney, Kenyon, Marietta, Randolph Macon, Johns Hopkins, Buffalo State, Rowan. That's the first kind of salvo here before we turn into December. Kenyon, under a new head coach, hasn't had the best of times. You played them at Marietta, maybe the one down there. But Hamden-Sydney, Marietta, Randolph-Macon, Johns Hopkins, all perennial these days, powerhouse teams. Hamden-Sydney came in number eight in the poll. Bowl. You, you knew going into this, this was not going to be an easy stretch. I'm assuming you went into this expecting that there's no way to expect to be undefeated yeah I don't
4: I mean I never really looked at it like that um, you know we as you as you mentioned if you look back we schedule as as difficult as we can I don't shy away from playing better teams or more talented teams or or teams that I think are going to uh, provide us some growth and learning opportunities um, so it just so happened this year that they all were stacked up, you know, kind of back to back a little bit, coming off of the the championship. And you know, honestly, I wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, if there's any complacency, it's long gone now. Um, and if if any of these freshmen wanted a, a easy transition into college basketball, wow. see you later. So, and we've played an, a number of freshmen in these big games. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I just. I never worried too much about losing games. Obviously we want to win every time we step on the floor and we expect to, to perform at our highest level, but you know, we don't win the championship last year. If not for that back-to-back loss in December, we don't get it. If not for losing to Randolph-Macon, uh, it's just, it's part of the deal. And and I think those teams that go undefeated and win the whole thing, I, I just have so much respect, um, yeah. I couldn't imagine doing it without some bumps along the way with that shared adversity where your team has got to, like, you know, really dig in and, and you know, decide what they stand for and what they're willing to do to get there. And, and we're going through that right now.
0: As you mentioned, these games have all been on the road. The the next – you actually start on the on the home side of things tomorrow on Wednesday – against Randolph-Macon and then Johns Hopkins this weekend. So you'll get home at least to play things at the Freeman Center. But listen, a couple losses I don't think would be the most shocking thing. I think that stood out to me was the fact that it was a 74-53 loss to Hamden-Sydney. What was it about that game at their place that, obviously being the first game of the season, just didn't click for you guys?
4: They were They were awesome. I mean, they played terrific, and uh, Caleb had them ready, and those guys, you know, um, you know we we ended their season last year um, yeah. at their place, you know, so you know we would have had to really perform at a at a you know, things would have just had to go really well and and I think it could have um, you know, we lost two starters during the game to injury, not that that's an excuse. Mm-hmm. We have a next man up mentality, but you know, those guys were playing really well. Colin Hines and Ian Anderson couldn't finish the game. Um, and, and, you know, those little things can can snowball a little bit. We had some freshmen step in that maybe weren't quite ready for that moment. Um, but, honestly, it's a credit to Hamden-Sydney, and it got away from us. And, um, you know, we missed shots. I think we were three for 24 from three. And, you know, you sprinkle that in there, and you're going to get your butt whooped. And we did. <laughs>
0: Uh, I did notice that those two guys aren't back yet, at least in the next two box scores. Are these long-term uh, injuries, or do you guys hope it's short-term?
4: Yeah, we've we had it, you know, and I think people talk about what does it take to win a national championship. You know, they never asked me that before, or they ask me now. <laughs> and, uh, you know, not that I know, but I, the one thing I do know is that you need to have you know, the majority of your team remained pretty healthy throughout the year. And we were able to do that last year. And we're just, we got hit with it here early. Uh, we just had another star to go down uh, at Marietta and it will be out for the year. And, you know, those guys are there. I think they will be back in a, in a limited role. So, you know, we just got to, all that said, I really like the opportunities that they provide for some other guys and, um, I think we have some talent. We have incredibly competitive practices. So I, I think there's going to be some names that that you've never heard before that if we have the season I'm hopeful we can have that you'll be talking about in February.
0: Well, and you also will have a point, because the way you have to schedule, you're going to have a point where you can get these guys some time and some minutes in games that you should be able to still win. And this isn't a knock on the Mary Baldwins' Of the world out there, but you've got to schedule anybody and everybody. Not everybody can be on the caliber of Hamilton and Johns Hopkins, so you're going to have some time to trial and error a little bit. As long as you win, obviously there, there's, you know, everyone's going to be coming gunning for you. But is there a, is that a benefit to some degree?
4: Yeah, although like I said, these guys are playing right now, um, yeah. So it'll it'll make them more ready for for every game. I mean, and we really. I know again it's great you got to talk about these teams and they're ranked and all that but like you know i I mean i just you're always you're competing against yourself you know it's about your it's about us that's how i've always approached this thing and you know um let's play the best let's get better and it doesn't matter what the record of the other team is i mean i can tell you stories you know seven eight years ago we went into a place that you know, hadn't won a game in the conference and they knock us off. You know what I mean? Yeah. you got to be ready to play.
0: Oh, that's absolutely the truth. Yeah, I can understand that entirely. Uh, listen, you're going to have an interesting, quote-unquote, conference slate too. Mary Washington, not a slouch at all in any stretch of the imagination. Uh Salisbury's always going to give you a hard time. You're going to have other conference mates that certainly are going to be gunning for you, and you get that travel aspect of it. Uh, of the West Coast, uh, though on the schedule I don't see you making a trip out to Santa Cruz right now, how do you split up your your season? It, do you say, okay, here's our early part, we got to focus and do this, then there's this section of it, and then there's this, et cetera, et cetera. How, how are you going to break up the season?
4: Yeah, so the, the biggest key in our scheduling – is is filling the voids in january you know yeah. and you know mo at salisbury and marcus and mary Walsh, we're kinda, we were kind of we played like a little round robin uh so yep. it's a typical conference deal so that takes up february um so i mean that's fairly normal so it's just kind of like the last three weeks of january trying to find teams that have a buy uh or are willing to play at that time uh, and I think we were able to do that really well. And and not that having a little seven or eight day break in there is the worst thing, but you don't want like a two week break. I don't think. Sure. So just finding teams that can do that. It just so happened to be, I think Pfeiffer uh, fit in there and Santa Cruz is coming from the West coast to play all of us again. Um, so I, I really like the balance at that time of, you know, game few days off game. Uh, you know, I, th- I think we have a chance to be in a decent rhythm Uh You know, as we head into February uh, and absolutely Mary Washington, you know, I mean, they got a lot of really good pieces back, uh, brought some in, looked like they played Catholic really tough. Uh, It's always a rival game and the championship goes through Fredericksburg this year as they host. So, um, you know, I I think the C2C is going to be a a really good uh, tournament at the end here.
0: Well, and the other thing interesting about your schedule is I see a lot of different styles. So you see Hamden, Sydney, and Marietta, Randolph-Macon, Johns Hopkins. Buffalo State doesn't play like any of them. Virginia Wesleyan's going to give you a completely different look with Macedo, uh, still coaching there. Barry and Emery, back-to-back games. I don't think there's anything common about those two, plus Marymount and and Salisbury and, and Mary Washington. To some degree, your schedule prepares you really well for a possible March run because you see a lot of everything.
4: Yeah, you know that's a great point, Dave. And we've, you know, we've kind of hit on that a little bit. Uh, but you're absolutely right. You know, when when we are able to get to the postseason, and we, we're such a, a heavy scouting team, it's it's helpful to say, as you know, especially in a back to back. You know, you you play Wheaton and Mary Harden Baylor back to back, and you know it's hard to teach the players. 10 brand new players overnight and have them ready, but it's a lot easier if you say, Hey, this team plays exactly like Lynchburg or whoever, and it kind of clicks. And then, you know, as long as you hit it, right. Right. um, Your players can feel a little more, more comfortable that, okay, been there, done that. We know what we're up against. They're going to trap. They're going to zone. We're going to see this action on, on defense. Uh, I think it's a really good point. I think it's, it's one of the benefits uh, of, of playing such a, a variety of teams.
0: Going back to the school, the championship and everything, uh, obviously soccer won a, women's soccer won a championship a few years ago. Um, you've had success with softball. Women's basketball was on the verge last year. Tell me a little bit about how much has changed on campus in terms of the atmosphere, the expectations, et cetera, from the time you started. Because, Christopher Newport was always good, but now it feels like everyone thinks that every sport should be running for a championship. And that's got to be an amazing buzz on a campus.
4: Yeah, it it has. I mean, uh, it's the one thing 13 years ago or 14, whatever it is now that, you know, when I arrived on campus and it was about half complete of this billion dollar renovation, you could you could see what it was going to be. Um, you, you can start to get a sense of the excitement, uh, on campus for athletics, uh, basketball had already had a great history, um, you know, but not, not the final four. Um, and, and, you know, no team had won a national championship there. A few have been close when I first got here, uh, volleyball hosted. I think they were in the championship field hockey, I think was in the championship. So there's certainly some really, really good teams, um, But but once uh, soccer won that thing, it's almost like, you know, uh, it just provided belief for the rest of the student athletes on campus who had been really close Uh, and immediately softball uh, knocked that thing over and we were able to get there. And we've had some teams right now that, you know, I think they're close. I thought our field hockey team had a great chance this year. We host the the final four and uh, they just got knocked out in the last round. Um, you know, but I think women's soccer is still going. Football just won the NJAC, uh, and they're going to go to Randolph-Macon this weekend for a game uh, in the NCAA. So, yeah, it, it's we were seventh in the Learfield, and we don't have a pool. I mean, it's it's crazy. <laughs> we only yeah. have we only have but so many sports. You got to you got to score in twenty of them. Um, so yeah, I mean the the level of competitive excellence and the the commitment on campus is it's it's really awesome uh it's it's everything that you could ask for uh as a student athlete and a coach
0: john you don't have a pool but you do have a a large body of water shortly near I, i'm just saying put some lanes out there and you guys got swimming
4: yeah we got ha- we have a pool and a pond dave the pond would be good for you you know
0: <laughs> yes <laughs> yes it would uh well played sir Hey, John, appreciate you the time. Appreciate the patience with us too uh, as well tonight uh, due to our our hiccups here. Uh, As always, love chatting with you. Um, I know we're starting their season with you. Maybe we'll get you guys back on a little bit later in the year to hear how things have gone since then. Good luck with the injuries. Hate that on anybody, and we'll look forward to seeing how the captains play the rest of the year. You know this. As always, we give the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who may be tuned in?
4: Not today, man. It's go time. I'm, I'm so focused on randolph making, I can't even uh, think straight right now. So Josh markle has got me up late at night right now. So um, <laughs> tune in. It's going to be a heck of a ball game tomorrow. And uh, this, this is what the kid, these kids play for. And uh, I'm, I'm, I feel privileged to, to be able to coach in this one tomorrow. It's going to be a lot of fun.
0: Hey, John, the two previous national champs facing off. I just wish I could get down there. Uh, it, it should be a dandy of a game. Yeah, it will be. Awesome. Hey, Thanks, Dave. Take care of yourself. Thanks for joining me. Thanks. John Gregorian joining us on the uh, Hoopsaw Hotline. Appreciate him pay- being just kind of barren with us there and uh, working through some of the tech issues. Uh, again, we test this stuff out. I kid you not. You can ask my family, spend a lot of hours down here. We'll get it fixed for the next time. And Facebook, I think we are now up and running with you all. I apologize for that. I had forgotten to do one little thing. Otherwise, the entire John Krikorian interview would have been on there. Apologies. We'll work on it for next Monday. Um, Quick note, Julie Folks was supposed to come up after John on the show tonight. She's agreed to come on a little bit later in the program, so we will finish up with Julie Foulkes and Transylvania later in the program. So bear with us. We'll take another break. If those have been watching the stream, you've watched all our breaks run already, but we're going to run another one here. Uh, And coming up, we will talk to Hamden-Sydney. Caleb Kimbrough will join us to talk about that game against Christopher Newport and expectations. They are the preseason number one pick by the coaches for the Old Dominion Athletic Conference. What does that mean to him and a program that has come storming back in the national headlines. You're listening to Hoop Soul presented by D3Hoops.com. Back with more after this. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades, from Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com.
3: Coach of the Year, Administrator of the Year, All-America Team, Wade Trophy. The WBCA doesn't just honor coaches, but players, administrators, and much more. The WBCA strives to honor those who have contributed to the advancement of women's basketball. Celebrate the present, honor the past, look to the future. We are calling you, all of you. We are calling all Division Three schools to join our cause.
2: It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us.
4: It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault.
0: The National Association of Basketball Coaches is the nation's premier professional development and advocacy organization for basketball coaches at every level. The NABC strives to serve as the voice for coaches on national issues while advancing the core value of leadership, service, advocacy, education, and inclusion. To learn more about the NABC and to become a member, visit nabc.com and follow the NABC on social media at nabc1927. That's nabc.com or nabc1927 on social media. We've got more schools than Division I, more fans than Division II, and more upsets than March Madness. There's nearly 850 programs with over 11,000 games, leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over two decades. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Cow. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Hey, folks, welcome back. I'd love to tell you I know what's going on. I am embarrassed and um, a little bit demoralized here. Um, Spent hours setting up this show to be ready for tonight. Hours is a night, days. And spent a ton of time testing everything. And now none of it wants to work. And everything I just had working for John is not working for Caleb. And I'm a loss, so I'm going to end this show. I'm, I apologize to everybody. I'm going to call our our guests and reschedule. We will find a way to get this done. Uh, we 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 will have a show next Monday. I will spend my time getting ready for it. Um, I will most likely invite everybody we can back. And um, I'm very sorry. I, I don't have any answers. And and um. Yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, I have to cut this off, folks. Um, I I work too hard for this. So thanks for tuning in and um, stay tuned on social media. We'll let you know our updates.